Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're talking about the Kingdom of God, and we're in our series on Hebrews, which was one of the epistles in the Bible, written different than most of the others. And we're talking, we're about to begin chapter 2, and we've been talking about righteousness, and we've been talking about ministers on fire, which is uh, mentioned up there in the end of the last chapter, around uh, verse 7. It's only, uh, I think, 14 verses in that chapter. It talks about this scepter of righteousness, uh, this scepter of thy kingdom. Uh, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with oil of gladness. Who's he talking about? Is he writing this letter to the Pope? No, he's writing it to the people. He's writing it to the individual elders of every family. And we're going to have more of a series than we already have, a series on core, and we've started a series on congregants, uh, which we make available through the Living Network. What is this what were the elders of... And an elder is an elder by circumstance. He is the head of a family. The only corporation that God originally created was the family. Two or more people gathered together for a particular purpose under a pre-existing authority, as if it was one person. That's a corporation. Well, that's a family, too. So when we talk about corporations, are we talking about families? Or when we talk about families, are we talking about corporations? Well, yes and no, because what pre-existing authority are we talking about? The pre-existing authority of God or the pre-existing authority of Cain? Because Cain went out of the presence of God and created the first corporate city-state, where he was the father of the city-state. Of all the people, he was their father, he was their patronus, their their patri, their father of the earth, over the people. And they looked to him as a benefactor. And they gave him the power to exercise authority one over the other. Even to bludgeon their very neighbors and brothers in order to obtain the benefits that they desired at the hands of their father, Cain. Your father was God the Father, or is your father Cain? Well, there's a lot of people out there claiming to be Christians, Muslims, Jews, and claiming God as their father, and saying they pray to God, but they're actually idolaters. They're not Christians, they aren't Muslims, they aren't faithful to Abraham, they aren't faithful to Moses, they aren't faithful to God. Oh, they got their Yahwehs and their Allahs, and they got all their words and their rituals, but they've unmoored their religion from the God of heaven, the God of creation, and therefore they create a world of chaos and war and violence and destruction. 
And the devil loves it. He is dividing you in the chessboard of the dialectic. He wants you to think religion is what you think about the divinity, about the superhuman uh, God or gods that you believe are responsible for the laws of the universe. And in so many Christians, I always think it's funny that so many Christians today say, well, we're not under the law. But they're actually under tens of thousands of laws. Because their real God is not the God of heaven they claim they pray to when they go to church and sing their songs. The real God they pray to is the benefactors who exercise authority, the fathers of the earth. And they don't even know what they're doing because their pastors are not ministers aflame with the fire of Christ. They are under a strong delusion. Now, some of them are halfway decent guys. They're not far from the kingdom in some of the ways they go. But there is a strong delusion that has already come over their minds and has created a cognitive dissonance in society where they can no longer see that they do not have access to eternal life because even though they knew the commandments, they have not kept them by policy. They have not kept the commandments by policy. In other words, by practice. They actually go out of their way, out of the way of God, to violate the Ten Commandments. Daily. Daily. Intentionally. Because they don't even know they're violating the Ten Commandments because of that cognitive dissonance. They can't see it. They don't have eyes to see. They aren't humble enough to see. They have been devouring one another and they don't see it. They have been praying to men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority to obtain reward and benefits and gratuities. And they think it's okay because their pastor said it was okay and their their teachers in the seminary said it was okay and and they said that these governments were created by God, but we know Cain created the first government. Not that all governments are created by Cain, because Christ preached a government. Call it the kingdom of God, the right to be ruled by God. Are you ruled by God? Are your leaders ruled by God? Or are they ruled by the spirit of Cain and the spirit of Saul and the, and the spirit of Nimrod, who was a mighty provider of benefits before the Lord instead of the Lord? You know, we go back to that common theme all the time because it is not righteous to desire benefits from men who exercise authority who will only give you benefits at the expense of your neighbor. And you say, I paid in, I have a right to those benefits. But there's no money in those coffers in Australia and Canada and Brazil and what have you. There's no money in there anymore. They're all bankrupt. Every one of them are bankrupt. Every one of them is operating in the red with a deficit. Even the ones that have confiscated all kinds of of uh, national resources, they're still in debt because they went and borrowed more than they actually had available. We see that in America where they're constantly, every so often, they say, we have to raise the debt ceiling. The fact that you have a debt ceiling means you're in debt. And then since there's no division of funds, all welfare, all 
Medicare, all Social Security, all benefits of government come by taking away from the future, taking away from your children and your grandchildren, which is cursing them with debt because debt was always considered a curse, a condemnation. You condemn your children to debt because you take those benefits. You see, in early Christianity, they wouldn't do that. Because that would be praying to the men who called themselves benefactors, but exercised authority one over the other. And Christ said it was not to be that way with us. Not to be. Not to be. What part of not to be don't you understand? But the thing is, they, they're so proud and arrogant. Oh, well, we couldn't have got it this wrong. We couldn't be this confused. But you are. And so you got, you know, some lowly shepherd out in the middle of the wilderness... Being the voice crying, make straight the way of the Lord. What is the straight way of the Lord? What is since the foundation of the earth called righteousness? It's living by faith, open charity in the perfect law of liberty. Not forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. But trusting in the ways of God. The ways of Christ. The ways of giving and forgiving. You're not doing that. So you haven't repented. You haven't turned around. And therefore, you do not have the scepter of righteousness. The scepter of his kingdom. You're back in the bondage of Egypt. You have no scepter. You have no access to his salvation in this life or the next. You're not saved. Write it down. You need to turn around. You need to go the other way. You need to go the way that Christ told us to go. You need that way of repentance. And so anyway, that's what we talked about. That's what we'll talk about again and again and again. We talked about this word world that is translated so many different ways and causes a great deal of confusion. We've talked about the word religion. At the time of the Constitution, it meant what you did to fulfill your obligation to your fellow man and to God. That was religion. That was the definition of religion. If you go back to the time of Christ, that was the definition of religion. Pure religion. As we see in James. Taking care of the needy of your society. Unspotted by what? The world. What world? The age. Unspotted by the age. Unspotted by the planet. Didn't have any dirt on it. No. Since the foundations of the system of men unspotted by the system of men, the constitutional order and system of government that exercises authority. In other words, they were taking care of all their social welfare. All the needy of their society were taken care of by the perfect law of liberty through faith, hope, and charity. That's what Christians were doing. Is that what you're doing? Nah. So, are you a Christian? No. You're not, you're not a follower of Christ. You're not doing what he said and you need to repent. So anyway, we started, we're going to start in chapter 2 today, and uh, we are constantly going to read a verse in uh, Hebrews, and sometimes we'll read several of them, and we'll talk about each individual verse, but we have to read Hebrews in context of the Bible, in context of the whole truth. So we may read one verse, and then jump over to reading other deals the other uh, verses and other concepts and other utterings by Christ 
so that we understand Hebrews in the context of Christ. Paul preached the gospel of Christ. He preached Christ. So if you take Paul out of the context of what Christ said, and I see pastors doing this all the time, you will not understand Paul. If you take Paul out of the context of time, and we have a whole series on Romans, which is one of the epistles of Paul, and we show that Romans, over 20 hours on Romans, in the context of the time, in the context of the language that was used in the text, so that you understand it in relationship to the whole gospel. So as we read chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. Slip. That's an odd word. Let them slip. Slip away from us. Actually, that that word is sometimes used to reference a leaky bucket. Run out. Leaking out of a vessel. So, if we don't earnestly heed, and remember how often Christ talked about being doers. Luke twenty two twenty five, And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. And they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. Called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. Does it mean you're not supposed to be a benefactor? You're not supposed to help one another? Be a benefit to one another? Be a benefaction, a blessing to one another? No. You're not to do it by exercising authority, by force. Until John the Baptist, the kingdoms of the world were established by force. But John the Baptist said, no, if you have two coats and your neighbor has none, share. You know, and the same with meats. If you if you didn't have any food and, and you have extra, share. Now, you have to strengthen the poor so you don't just share with any old lazy guy who doesn't want to work. Just want to sit on the street corner and and hold up a sign. And then he's probably also collecting welfare and living with a bunch of other people in a nice house. But he dresses up in a costume and he stands on the corner and he begs. And they do that. They do that up here in Bend all the time. And people fall for it. But they want to fall for it. They want to be stupid. They want to be ignorant. They want to strengthen the poor. And those guys are actually providing a service because it eases their conscience about all the other wickedness they do the rest of the day. Matthew nineteen seventeen, And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one. That is God. This is Christ. But if thou wilt enter into life, because somebody was asking him about eternal life. If thou wilt enter into that life, that, that eternal life, that salvation of life, in this life and the next, the eternal life, keep the commandments, he says. So if we, we read that, the words of Jesus Christ... And then we read that chapter 2.1 and it says ought to give a more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We have to say, well, we heard him say that. 
But I've actually heard pastors say, oh, well, yeah, but that doesn't count because that happened before the crucifixion and we don't have to keep the commandments now. He actually said that. We don't have to have a more earnest heed of the things that we have heard. We don't have to heed what Christ said. Because he said that. And he's saying we don't have to heed that because Christ died for our sins and therefore we are saved. Yet we know that God sent his son that we might be saved. So we still have something we have to do. And one of those things is earnestly heed what he said, which was, if you want to enter into eternal life, you must keep the commandments. I mean, in John fourteen fifteen, he says, If ye love me, keep my commandments. So, did you hear him say that? Did he write, is that written down as quoting him? So have you heard that he said that? Then you must earnestly heed that which you have heard. Keep the commandments. For if you love them which love you, that what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? So here's he's talking to Matthew five forty six. That you have to love those who don't love you. That's right. You have to love those who don't love you. Who spitefully use you. Who lie to you. And abuse you. You have to love them. But you have to understand what love is. See, you, you think love is that touchy-feely thing that you get in your, from your, your put-in-hand pastors while you plop down in your pews. Is that enough alliterations for you? Luke 6.32 For if ye love them which love you, that what thank have you? For sinners also love those that love them. You see, why do we have to love those who spitefully use us and abuse us and everything? Because we have to learn to forgive. It's part of the nature of God that you're not going to find in hell. The devil isn't big on forgiveness. Nope. He's not a really forgiving guy. That character of God, that vibration of the only essence and presence of the existing one, that forgiving nature that we were originally given when we were created in his image, has been withered under the pride and falsehoods of our own betrayal of the character of God when we begin to eat of the tree of knowledge. And that withered away. And that made us compatible with Satan. If you want to put on the armor of God, you have to put on the character of God. And you have to put it on so that it becomes a part of you. You have to become... You know, forgiveness has to become second nature to you. For if you love them that love you, what thank have you? What, what grace will you gain in that? And this idea of earnestly heeding what Christ said. So what, what did he say about other things? In 721 of Matthew, we see, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but 
He that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Now, that's Christ saying that. Are you heeding that? Or has somebody crept into your church and said, you don't have to do anything. You just have to think a thought. You don't have to be doers of the word. You just have to be thinkers of what we tell you. And that's what they've done. It's a satanic gospel. Now, you're not saved because you earn it. But if you're not a doer of the word, but a hearer only, or just saying you believe in Jesus, but not doing what Jesus said, saying you love Jesus, but not keeping his commandments, of loving your neighbor as yourself, and not praying to men who call themselves benefactors who exercise authority, you're not a Christian. You're in apostasy. You're under a strong delusion. Now, you may be deep down in your heart desirous of being a Christian. And if you can hear this rebuking voice of mine telling you these things, and you want to repent and turn around, great. Great, because as soon as you repent and turn around, the Father is already on his way out to meet you. He will reach into the fires of hell and pull you out. But you have to be headed back. You have to repent and seek. Seek. Strive. Persevere. He's never going to owe it to you. It's still going to be by grace. But that's your job to do with the will of the Father. And it's not the will of the Father that you covet your neighbor's goods and make the fathers of the earth your father on this earth because you curse your children. You curse the fathers of the earth because we've seen where Saul was given power and it corrupted him. And in our series on congregations and cores, we're going to go into that. We'll go into the whole history of the shift. You know, because the kingdom of heaven was at hand and and they said there is another king when Jesus and they, they could actually legally do contrary to the decrees of Caesar because they had a king whose kingdom was not of the corporate kingdom of Caesar, of Augustus, or Tiberius, or Caligula, or Claudius, or Charlemagne, or Pippin, or Charles Martel. Because they all claimed to be a part of that kingdom. From Augustus to Constantine... Uh, all the way up to Constantine VI, I guess it was, and then on to these other guys. They claim all the way back there. The Moravian kings, who have been a roving in your own history and ruling over you because you've been foolish men. And we'll talk more about this idea and these ideas and show you in the context of the Bible how you are all under a strong delusion and need to turn around and go another way and stop this vanity, this arguing vanity that goes on. Because I say something a little different than the way you've been hearing it. Get ready to repent. We're going to come back and we're going to sock it to you, baby. Be right back. God bless. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Uh, I'm 
talking about Hebrews, and we're in chapter 2. We've only gone one verse into it. And I'm showing you some of the supporting documentation of the Bible as to what it meant to be more earnest heed to the things which you have heard. Because if we don't reference back to the things that we've heard, then we don't know what we're supposed to be heeding. And so many pastors today are not heeding what Christ said. They've actually put aside the words that Christ has said to follow a doctrine created by men who crept in teaching damnable heresies. That's right. And they're doing it. And they're teaching it to you. And they're lulling you to sleep because they're ear ticklers. They're saying you're saved because you've become a Christian because you've accepted an idea. You've said a series of magic words which now make you say because you say that you accept Jesus as Lord, Lord. But Jesus said, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. So you're not saved because you said the magic words that you accept Jesus as Lord, Lord. Because saying the words is not enough. Christ was adamant about that. Yet this is a constant, repeated philosophy of men devoid of what Christ said and not heeding what Christ said. Because he said, But he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. That's the ones that are going to enter into the kingdom. Not the ones who say they've accepted Jesus, but those that are actually doing what appears to be an acceptance of Jesus. And of course, you could fool me, but you're not going to fool Christ. You have to be a doer of his word and, and keeping his commandments because you love him. He knows whether you love him. You can't just be faking it like the Pharisees did. Because you know, your modern Christian churches have more in common with the Pharisees than they have in common with Christ. All across the board, I can say this to almost every denomination. Now, in every denomination, you may find people that are not far from the kingdom and they will will repent and, and return to the ways of Christ. You think that the way they return to the ways of Christ is join His holy church? Well, yeah, it's true, but I don't run His holy church. It's His. It's not mine. I'm trying to conform to it. I'm trying to tell you, you should be trying to conform to it. In other words, you should be seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all I'm saying is what Christ said. Your pastor is saying, no, all you have to do is say it. Lord, Lord, and you're saved. But Jesus said, no. Not those who say it, but those who do it. So, who are you going to believe? Jesus? Or that pudding palmed pastor who's put you in a pew. Hey, there's another one of those deals. <laughs> Matthew seven twenty four Therefore whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Wow, he said it again. 
I will liken him unto a wise man. So the ones that aren't doing them, should we liken him under a stupid man? <laughs> a foolish man? Which built his house upon a rock. The man who built his house upon the rock is the one who's actually doing the will of the Father. And the will of the Father was not to be like the benefactors who exercise authority one over the other. The will of the Father is not to covet your neighbor's goods, not to desire benefits at the expense of your neighbor. And, of course, not to kill and murder and, and adulterate your bodies with GMOs and poisons and, uh, and bad stuff for you. But the most important thing is that you have to repent and turn around and follow the ways of Christ. He will protect you if you really do this in earnest. In Matthew 7.26, you see this is a whole pattern. We should probably go back and just read them right through. And everyone that... But I'll let you guys do that because we got a lot of peripheral quotes here just to show you the consistency of Christ but the inconsistency of the modern church. Maybe I should say the consistency of the modern church to lead you away from Christ. And that's why I qualify the modern church. The real church isn't leading you away from Christ. His church isn't leading you away from Christ. His church is His church. Am I his church? Am I a part of his church? Am I doing what his church is supposed to be doing? You have to figure that out. He knows. Do you know? Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them. Uh, how clear can you get? In 26 it says, And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them not shall be likened unto what? A foolish man which built his house on sand. Because you say you believe, but you're not doing the will of the Father. You're praying to men who call themselves benefactors. You're seeking the benefits of the fathers of the earth. Your religion is not pure. It's very much spotted by the world. As a matter of fact, most of your religion, most of your fulfillment of your duty to God and your fellow man is done by men who exercise authority, not by charity, not by faith, not by hope, by entitlements extracted from your neighbor at the point of a gun, under threat and penalty of perjury, under penalties of the law, of, of ruling judges who sit in black robes and make you do it. Is it their fault? No. They should be there. They should be making you do it. Because you've been slothful in doing the will of the Father. And therefore, you should be under tribute. The Bible tells us that over and over again. You have sat and ate with rulers, men who exercise authority, with great appetite. And you did not Defrain from his dainties. You pleaded with them. You begged for more. And now you've created a whole nation born out of iniquity. And you think you're going to win the vote? They got you outvoted, folks. I mean, like, can you imagine in, in the 
the two towers and Tolkien's novels if if the battle was decided by a vote the orcs win the goblins win there's more of them they love you to go for a vote yeah let's vote <laughs> no. you have to change your ways that's really what the whole story is about they had to change from their selfish ways and then they were given the power that is needed to destroy evil. Once they gave up selfishness, all the way down to the bottom of their hearts, how do you do that? You come together in faith, open charity, and you start taking care of one another in small groups and linking those groups together. And in our series on core and Congregants will show you how the history from Constantine to Francis we have gone away. The word religion has been redefined and redefined and redefined. Occasionally we get back to it, but immediately they redefine it. And you're lost again. In uh, Matthew twelve, fifty, you know, so now we jump from chapter 7 all the way up to chapter 12. He says, For whosoever shall do the will of my Father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. He's repeating it again and again. Verse after verse after verse. Doeth the will of my Father. No. Modern church says, no, just have to think a thought. Matthew sixteen twenty seven. For the Son of Man shall come in his glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his thinking. No, no, that doesn't say thinking. According to his eschatology. No, it didn't say eschatology. According to his imagination. No, it didn't say that. What do you think it said? According to his works. That's right. Works. That's why the devil always says, Oh, no, 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 don't worry about works. You don't have to do any works. I don't want you doing any works. I just want you thinking a thought. See, that's the devil. That's a, those, those damnable heresy guys. They they don't want you striving. They don't want you seeking the kingdom. They don't want you to stop coveting your neighbor's goods. That, I mean, that's abhorrent to them. Oh, they get so excited. Oh, no, 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 it's not by works. Well, of course, you're not saved by works. But you should be striving to accomplish those works. You're not saved by saying either. You can't just say, Lord, Lord. I mean, he said that. So what is it? It's repentance. Turning around. Heading home again. To be a servant in your father's house. Servant works. See? Be a servant in your father's house. That's why he was... What do you think if the prodigal son turned around and said, I'm going to go back to my dad and hit him up for some more money? Do you think that that worked? You think he'd hugged him? And, oh, you came back for more money. I'm done so pleased. Killed the fatted calf. He came back for more money. 
He came back for what he could get out of me. Oh, kill the fatted calf. No, I don't think he's going to do that, folks. It's because he came back to be a servant. He came back to be a son. Ah, big difference. So whosoever shall do the will of the Father, hey, Jesus said it, don't blame me. Not those who say, but those who do. I didn't make it up. For the Son of Man shall come in His glory of the Father and reward you according to your works. I didn't make that up. Luke 6.31 And as ye would that man should do to you, do you also to them likewise. Do you Do you think it's okay to hire men to take from your neighbors to guarantee your welfare? Then figure on your neighbor taking from you to guarantee his welfare. And of course those men aren't going to do it for nothing. So figure on that he's going to take and take and take and take. Because you've already rejected God and his ways. When you started looking to men who exercise authority to provide you with benefits at the expense of your neighbor, you already abandoned eternal life. Yeah, it's gone. It's not available to you. You can think whatever thought you want. You can say whatever words you want. It's not available to you. And you find yourself yelling and screaming at your wife or, your, or betraying your husband or vice versa. You're just going to get in deeper and deeper and deeper. You're in the quicksand now. And you're sinking. This this is a soul-wrenching process of repentance that gets you into the kingdom of heaven. Not magic words. Luke 6, 46 and 49. And why call ye me Lord, Lord? Somebody asked them again, what must I do to obtain eternal life? Lord. He says, And do not the things which I say. I call me Lord and do not the things which I say. Heed not the things that I have told you. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like the man which built his house and dig deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house. It could not shake it. For it was founded upon the rock. What rock? Rock of faith. Yeah, you, you're saved by faith. But what's faith? You see, they changed the meaning of that word too. And we have an article up on that. It's been up on news reviews. It's kind of mislabeled. It's part two of the, that word you use series. And hopefully we'll get them to straighten that out. I don't have access to that. We have it at hisholychurch.org too. But that word you use, faith. It's changed, they change the meaning. Devil does this all the time. 
He changes the meaning of words. This sophistry is his major tool. Because you worship the words. You don't worship the word. The word is spirit. You don't worship the spirit. You, Your intellectuals do this all the time. They study and they study and they never come to the knowledge of the truth because they're studying the words on the page. But the word of God is not words on a page. The word of God is the vibration of God. The essence of his character. The essence of his being. The image of his being. That's the name of Christ. It isn't how you spell it. It's actually who he is. And this is why Christ goes to all this trouble of explaining that you have to be doers. Why in Luke thirteen twenty four he says, Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. Why? Because they're not entering at the straight gate. They haven't made straight the way of the Lord. Somebody came along and said, it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods. As long as you do it through the governments you create for yourself. Like who? Like Cain. Like Nimrod. Like those who elected Saul. And Caesar. And whoever, who's the leader of your country? Constitutional leader of your country. You're trying to find your salvation to him. In this world. So why would they want you in heaven in the next world? You've already betrayed and rejected God in his ways. You look to men who exercise authority. You don't look to be religious. Fulfilling your duty to God and your fellow man through faith, hope and charity. You have the religion of Satan. Forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. Such a common theme. I keep going back to it. you got to go back to it if you're going to hear the gospel. John 3, 20-21 For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light. So here I am talking about the light. I, I'm going to be hated. I, I think I read that in the job description. I'm going to be persecuted. I'm going to be singled out. I'm going to be attacked. I figure on it. But that's how you bring judgment. Because when you do it, you love your enemy. You know, pray for me in that day. That I will love my enemy. And bring his walls down. By that love. Not because the power of my love, but because I love with the love of Christ. And the power of His love will bring their walls down. So, cometh to the light, lest His deeds should be reproved. His deeds. You are condemned by your deeds, and you are rewarded by your works, your deeds. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light that his deeds may be made manifest in that they are wrought in God. 
Are your deeds being made manifest or are you doing the other deeds? Are you coveting your neighbor's goods? Are you praying to the men who call themselves benefactors? Are you coming together in a church that provides and and fulfills your duty to God and your fellow man through faith, open charity, like John said, like Jesus said, like Paul said? Or are you going to church so that it makes you feel good? I love that church. It makes me feel so good. They sing the songs I love. You wake up. You're you're not going to a church established by Jesus Christ. You're not going to His church. You're going to be lulled into a sense of false salvation. Because you have not repented. You have not been doing the will of the Father. John 5.20 For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth, and he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. And those works should be being done through you if Christ is in you. If God the Father is guiding you, you can do this. You can repent and turn around and go the other way. But if you're going to be arrogant, you're not going to have the strength to do it. And you won't have the blessings to do it and you'll wonder why you're not succeeding. You have not repented. You're still trying to do it of your own will. You can't do it of your own will. You have to set, let down your will and let God become the guiding will of your life. You have to eat of His tree of life. Stop trying to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil where you're going to figure it out yourself. Start conforming and building your house upon that rock. John 9.31 Now we know that God heareth not sinners. So if you're going to continue in this unrepentant way, coveting your neighbor's goods to the agency of the men you have elected who exercise authority, God's not going to hear you in that day. He tells you that way back. I mean, here it is in John 31. We can go back to Samuel. Go and cry unto the gods that you have chosen for yourself because I will not hear you. The ruling judges which you have chosen for yourself, because I will not hear you. But if any man be a worshiper of God, which you are not, if you are doing contrary to what Christ said, you're not worshiping God. You're worshiping your eschatology. You're worshiping the religion of ideas, which is idolatry. Instead of the the religion of action where you are a doer of the word. If any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. You see, that's where you're going to need that. You're going to need God to hear you. You're going to need his pillar of fire. You're going to need his earthquakes. You're going to need these things. And when those round about us see those things, they will fear, but they will want to believe it's a coincidence. (laughs) And then they'll hear this recording. (laughs) And they know that I I laugh in the face of adversity. (laughs) But I love them. 
I want them to repent. I want them to wake up and see their foolishness, their selfishness. Where does that selfishness begin? At home, with your husband and your wives and your impatience with your children. Family is the perfect breeding ground for truth. But it's hard for some to receive that truth. But until they receive that truth, they will not have the force of God's power working in them. They will deny the power of God. They'll have a form of Godliness, but they will deny the power thereof. They will deny its, its essence moving through them. So God wants to save them, but He cannot. Because they don't hear. And they don't turn around. And they aren't doing what Christ said. They have a religion, form of godliness, looks good. But it's not the truth. They've, they haven't gone the right way. And the next show we'll talk about uh, how he's given us an example. So, stay tuned to the next show of Keys of the Kingdom, and we'll tell you all that. Until then, may peace be upon your house, and may God be with you, as you're going to need Him. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net. Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory and we're talking about the Kingdom of God as mentioned in Hebrews. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, all the same. You only see the word kingdom of heaven in Matthew. It's a quirk of translation. Matthew was originally written in Aramaic, in the Hebrew origin language. And so, therefore, there was a lot of different languages being used at that time. Some people spoke Greek. Some people spoke Hebrew. Some people spoke Latin. And there's all these different languages in the Greek and the Latin, even though they're really very different languages. Many of the words were the same. But people were multilingual. 
a lot more so than they are today because people weren't dumb back then, any dumber than they are today. You haven't evolved. As a matter of fact, today, people are actually not as smart as they were back then. I mean, people were calculating the circumference of the earth back then with almost no tools whatsoever. Amazing feat. Amazing. And uh, they knew darn well it wasn't the world wasn't flat and it wasn't on the back of a turtle. And they were calculating the orbits of the planets and all that stuff. They knew that. But wisdom and understanding and knowledge go up and down in history. And it doesn't take long that people have lost all the knowledge of their history. And they're going the opposite direction that the generation before or two generations before were going. Well, we've been going the wrong way for about a thousand years since Satan raised up again in history about a thousand years ago. And gain control over mankind. And change the way we view history. And there's been a constant war and struggle to get back to the truth by society. Get back to the ways of God, the straight ways. And there's a constant war to keep you from getting back. And one of the clever ways in which they try to keep you from getting back is they create a chessboard of the dialectic. They divide and conquer. And they divide and conquer by creating lots of different religions, redefining words like religion and faith, redefining words like God. So that when we say God, you think God. Whatever it is you think. But that word doesn't mean what you think it means. You keep using it, but it does not mean what you think it means. It can reference the God of heaven. It could reference the God's many that Paul talks about. It can actually even reference you because Jesus says, Is it not written that ye also are gods? Well, are you the God of heaven? Well, why did Jesus say ye also are gods? Is written. Because you don't understand the meaning of the word. You don't, may not understand what Jesus was saying. So the meaning of words is very important and, and you often find out what the meaning of words are by the context of what is written. So anyway, that's what we're talking about when we're talking about in chapter 2, verse 1 of Hebrews. Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest, earnest, earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Meaning, heard out of the mouth of Jesus Christ. Lest, at any time, we should let them slip away, leak out, forget. I've seen guys starting to see the truth and starting to even act upon it. But it became a little burdensome, difficult. And so they denied a part of the truth. And then they denied another part. And it was easier to deny the second part because you'd already denied the first part. And they kept denying it and doing something different again. Going back to the old ways. You know, kind of like getting reinserted into the matrix. And they will do that. But the condition usually is, I want to forget everything I knew about it. I don't want to be troubled by this anymore. And we'll see in our uh, in our series on cores and congregations that 
that people actually, because of the twins of conscience, because of the evil that they had done, they tried to make amends and they tried to go back. But then in the next generation, it becomes a little easier to do evil. And the next generation, the next generation. Until we get down to our generation, where doing evil is called good. Yeah. Doing evil is called good. That's already, people are saying, oh, they're going to do this someday. Too late. Already done. Already doing it. You're all doing it. You do it on a regular basis. You say, this is good. And I I was with a group of people just the other day, and I was watching them, and I could see, but I could see the lie. I didn't have to say anything. I could just see it. And, And I wasn't the center of the conversation. I wasn't even really in the conversation, but I could hear it. I could see them becoming self-conscious. They, they cling to that lie. They cling to it. But if you bring a light in by seeing it without judgment, without playing God yourself, the ruling judge yourself, you are gods, but you're only gods over your own actions. And your action should be in conformity to the will of Christ because you are building your house on the rock, right? 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 Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? Well, unfortunately, some of you are not. And those I rebuke. And those that are, more power to you. But I don't need to say it because more power will come to you. If you don't do the will of the Father, power will be taken away from you. If you do do the will of the Father, power will be given to you. But if you do the will of the Father in order to obtain power so you can exercise authority over your neighbor, you won't get that power from God. You have to truly humble yourself before the Lord to do His will. Not my will, but His will. And this is what we've been talking about. Not those who say, but those who do. You can go listen to the last show if you just tuned in and find out what I mean by that. But in John 9.31 we see, Now we know that God heareth not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God and doeth his will, him he heareth. Repeated over and over again in the Bible. I will not hear you in that day. Go and cry unto the gods that you have chosen for yourself. I will not hear you in that day. I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to hear you. Go go to any church you want and, and bend your head and mumble, mumble, mumble and God's not going to hear you. He, you're not, you've denied the power because you would not do the will of the Father. So therefore, you're not going to get the power. You, you're going to want to think you're getting it, but you're not going to get it. John thirteen fifteen. For I have given you an example that ye should do that ye should do as I have done to you. Are we doing that? Are we laying down our lives for our, our fellow man? Are we sacrificing everything? If we're rich, will we make ourselves poor? That's what Jesus did. Because that's the what that's how he loved you. He gave up his wealth. Isn't that what Barnabas did? Sold his property, laid it at the foot of the apostles. So that they could do the work of the Father. Is that what you're doing? Are you laying your wealth at the foot of the ministers of God? Or are you laying your wealth at the ministers of Satan? Who say, you don't have to do anything. You just have to say these magic words. You just have to think a thought. 
and you're saved. Don't don't worry about works. You're not going to be judged according to your works. But Jesus says you are. Jesus says not those who say, but those who do. But he's saying, no, it's only those who say. You don't have to say. You don't have to do. That's Satan. Yeah, that's Satan. Now, your pastor may have been deceived by Satan. I'm not saying your pastor is Satan. We've got to give him a chance to repent too. Everybody's got a chance to repent. And we we want to forgive them ourselves. But you know, when we forgive people, that's not absolution. You know, this idea that you can forgive sins. You can forgive sins against you. You can't forgive sins against God. If you're a minister of God and someone steals your time by saying, you know, grabs you in a raid and throws you into jail, you know, takes it so you can't see your family and can't do your... God will take that away from that person. He'll take his eyes away from him. He'll take his hearing away. He'll put him in a coma. Because he's not stealing from the minister of God. He's stealing from God if that minister is a minister of God. Now, there's a lot of guys out there claiming to be ministers of God, but they're not taking heed of what Jesus said. They're taking heed of the eschatology they were taught in the seminary. But damnable heresies already crept in there and have been taught to the people, and they're repeating them. Because they want to believe. But they don't believe in what Jesus said, because he said, not those who say, but those who do it. You know, I'm repeating this because it's it's everywhere. Ephesians 6, 8. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive of God, whether he be bond or free. Remember that Paul said that if you can't be free, don't worry about it. But he wanted you to strive for freedom, but only in a righteous way. So, for I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you, which is lay down my life. That you, what you do with is going to make the difference. Not what you think, not what you say. What you do with. Colossians 3.25 But he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done. For God is no respecter of persons. You know, it's it's... You go be a pastor all you want, but if you're preaching the gospel of saying instead of the gospel of doing, then you're preaching the gospel of Satan instead of the gospel of Christ. Because Jesus was preaching doing and striving and seeking and not coveting your neighbor's goods. Preaching the gospel of keeping the commandments. James one twenty two. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Receiving your own selves, deceiving your own selves, deceiving your own selves. You see, those guys who said all you have to do is say and you don't have to do, you only believe that because you're deceiving your own self because over and over and over and over and over and over again, did I say it enough? Because I could go on because I was just going down the verses here. He's telling you that you have to be a doer of the word. Are you going to do it perfectly? No. 
Are you going to earn it so that God owes you? No. You're still going to get it by grace. Because you couldn't do enough. You couldn't do enough. But knowing that you couldn't do enough, you should be doing and striving every day with every energy, every dollar, every every uh, thing that you have. You should be dedicating it to God in some way, shape, or form. And how you do that is really the crooks. You see, God will hear you if you turn around. But even more important, you will hear God. He will tell you what to do with your time and your stuff and your dollars and whatever. He'll tell you what to do with it. He'll put it on your heart, what to do with it. But you have to be doing like he did, sacrificing yourself. You can't join a church and get into the kingdom. You can't become a minister. Because he's no respecter of persons, members, actors. You can't fake this. you got to do it. But ye be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving your own selves. Even so, faith. And this is in James 2.17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works... Is dead. Being alone without works. Because faith is probity. It is conviction that compels you to work. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it, shall not to him it is sin. Peter in one seventeen it says, And if ye... Sh- Call on the Father, who without respect of persons judgeth according to every man's work, pass the time of your sojourning here in fear. What? What happens then? If you do that. If you call on the Father. Can you do that? How how do you call on the Father? How do, how do you... What does it mean to call on the Father? How do you know... If you pray to God, how how does He answer you? Do, do you get a telegram in the mail afterwards? Is that how you hear the, of the Father? Because He sends you a, a, a Godogram? How, how does He do this? How does He inform you of the truth? How does He do that? In that first Peter, was it one seventeen? He goes on and he says, uh, "For at, as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things, as silver and gold, from your what vain conversation receiveth by tradition from your fathers." but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundations of the world, for the foundations of the world, what world? Constitutional order and system of government before the foundations of the world, but was manifest in these last times 
for you. Last times? Is those are last times, the end of an age? Who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. Might be in God. Is it really in God or how do I know it's in God? Because you say it's in God. He goes on to say, Seeing ye have purified your souls, obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. He sees what you're doing. I see what you're doing. I don't see unfeigned love of the brethren. I see you coveting your neighbor's goods through the agency of governments that exercise authority. You go to church to feel good, not to do good, not to do the will of the Father, which is to take care of one another through pure religion, unspotted by the benefits of the world, which are tainted by an exercising authority, because they take from one another. See that you love one another, he goes on to say in Peter, with a pure heart, fervently, being born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. It doesn't abide in you. You're still corrupt. You're still doing contrary to the decrees of Christ. And conforming to the decrees of Caesar, which say it's okay to covet your neighbor's goods through the agency of government. For all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of grass. The grass withereth, and the flower therefore falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel, the good news, is preached unto you. Wherefore, laying aside malice and all guile and hypocrisy and envies, envies and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, and whom coming as unto the living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, ye also as living stones are built up in spiritual houses and a holy priesthood. A holy priesthood, every one of you, priests and kings in your own house, coming together in free assemblies, congregations, as congregants of elders, Not as members of a corporation, but a spiritual corporation. It says to offer up spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scriptures, Behold, I lay in Sion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. I can go on and on and on. But do you believe it on him? Not if you're not heeding what he said. If you're not heeding more earnestly what he said. Nope. You don't believe in him. I think deep down you may. If you're beginning to hear what I'm saying. Lord be praised. That you can hear 
with his ears. Because he's got to give you the ears to hear. You're not going to be convinced by me if you don't recognize what I'm talking about. And you don't act upon it. I There's nothing more I can do. First John 2.17 And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. <laughs> that darn doeth word again. If you're not a doer, and he's talking works, this is John. We see it in Peter, we see it in John, we see it all throughout the epistles. We see Christ saying it. But somebody's out there telling you, oh no, you don't have to be a doer. Just a sayer. That's the evil one speaking. And he'll speak through the, the mouth of those pudding palm pastors that put you in the pews and preach to you falsehoods and lies. Because they've been deceived as well. Maybe they would be repentant if they could hear the truth. You're not saved. He should not be telling you you're saved by what you say. He should be telling you, be doers of the word. Like First John 2.29 If you know that he is righteous, ye know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Are you doing righteousness? Are you a part of a system of pure religion in your churches that makes the word of God to effect because it is based on faith, hope, and charity and the perfect law of liberty? Or do you pray to men who exercise authority to be your benefactors by exercising that authority one over the other and forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare? Then you are not listening to John the Baptist. You are not listening to Christ. You are not listening to the apostles. And you are not his little children. You are not saved and you are not a part of his church. You're part of a church, but it's not his church. And this is so simple. I don't want to get all tangled up in all the eschatologies and, 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 and these, uh, teachings and preachings and interpretations of the Bible that are, that can be argued both ways. I'm not interested in that. I mean, I'll talk about it in the campfire. But if we're going to preach the gospel, we got to get down to the basics. First John 3, 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Probably meaning Christ. It doesn't really say. But who who is righteous? It is not us. It's Christ. But you have been deceived. He said, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. You need to see these things. You know, on on in verse 12 it says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Did you know your brother could be a Muslim? A Saracen? Uh... You know, of, um, I was trying to think of, you know, if you're, I was talking to somebody the other day that if you're, 
you know, if you were in Alabama at one time, blacks was the guys you hated. And uh, if you're in South Texas, it used to be Mexicans. Now everybody in South Texas is Mexican. <laughs> but it used to be, you know, everybody looked down on the Mexicans. And if you went up to North Dakota, there were hardly any Mexicans or blacks in North Dakota. But you had the Indians. You could hate the Indians. You know, and if you were English, you hated the Irish at one time. And and maybe still do. <laughs> I don't know. Everybody's got to have somebody to hate. But all these people are our brothers. Now, you're supposed to love your enemy. And your brother may be your enemy. But you're still supposed to love him. Now, maybe when we come back, we'll talk about what that means to love him. And and how that works, this love of Christ for your brother. Even if your brother has made himself your enemy. That's a good topic. We'll talk about that when we come back. Well, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. And we're talking in Hebrews, but we're looking at 1 John 3.10 in order to read Hebrews within the context of the Bible because you need to read it within the context of the Bible, within the context of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the Gospel of the Kingdom, and within the context of the prophets. It all has to fit. You know, and that's why we go back to Moses who says, Love thy neighbor as thyself. You know, give drink to thy enemy, he says. Even if thy enemy is thy brother, you're supposed to love him. And in 1 John 3.10 it says, In this the children of God are manifest. The children of God. Yes, all all of the uh, Israelites and, and Judeans were thought of themselves as sons of God. They just weren't begotten sons of God, but they were sons of God. But they could be errant sons of God. They could be disobedient sons of God. But here it talks about the children of God are manifest. In other words, when they're talking about that, they're talking about the character of God is manifest in these children because they're made in the image of God. The children of God are manifest in the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. No matter what he says, he's not of God. He can say, I'm saved, but that ain't true, because he's not of God, because he's not doing righteousness. And so this is a great blessing to know this now, because if you're not doing righteousness, you know that your salvation is a deception. That where you have been deceived. Despite the fact he said, little children, let no man deceive you. But yet you have. He that doeth righteousness is righteous. And even as he is righteous. You see, but you've been deceived. And so therefore you do unrighteousness, yet you think you are children of God. And you are not. And he adds to this one more statement, one, one more qualifying statement. For your, for your sake, because as many as he loves, he also rebukes. He wants you to understand this so that you will know when they have preached to you a false salvation. 
neither he that loveth not his brother is the children of God. You have to love your brother. Even if your brother is your enemy, you have to love your enemy. Because your brother could become your enemy. And, and we talk about this in the, in the history of, you know, how brothers, you know, warred against each other. Yes, when they started making kings, when people started creating these offices of power that exercise authority, they didn't, you know, jump from being free people to having a tyrant in an instant. They gave somebody a little power. You know, they give him some power to tempt him to exercise that power. And then he would want more power. It's kind of like the Lord of the Rings. He 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 gave everybody a little power to rule. He, he made you a little king over this, and a, you a little king over that, and a, you a little king over that. And everybody grabbed that chance to be those little kings. And then he could rule them. Because they had all made the the communion of exercising authority one over the other. So as soon as you do that, if you give power to your pastor to rule over you, to tell you what to think, to become a part of a hierarchy, an hierarchy, you have opened the door to Pandora's box. You cannot do that. You are responsible for your own soul. You need to be that doer of righteousness and seeker of righteousness. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. He that doeth good is of God, but he that doeth evil hath not seen God. Okay? Write that down. He that doeth evil hath not seen God. You got these pastors who are doing these horrible, wicked things, molesting, what have you, and you say, oh, yeah, but they're a man of God. We need to forgive them. Well, you can forgive them, but you can't absolve his sin. He's doing evil. He hasn't seen God. Oh, but he talks so good. He preaches so good. He makes me feel so good when he preaches. I'm a little more of the fire and brimstone. I'm not going to say you're all going to hell. I say you're in hell already. (laughs) But I'm saying, but I'm preaching that you can repent. You can be changed. You just have to turn around and start striving and seeking to be a doer of righteousness. Stop breaking the commandments as a matter of policy. Start learning what it means to love one another. You see, that love, and that's what I said we talk about a little bit, that love for one another, when you lay down your life to help your neighbor. Now, chances are you're all you're in a congregation, your standard of living might have to change a little bit. You're going to have to learn how to live within your budget. And that means you're going to have to sacrifice. You're going to have to lower that food bill. And that doesn't mean buying more junk food. Probably means buying less junk food. More whole foods. More food preparation. If the wife isn't going to work, she should be fixing the meals from scratch. Because scratch is usually cheaper than the pre-made meals. And she should be teaching her daughter how to do that too. No Betty Betty Crocker cake mixes. We used to know a girl who 
was going to make a cake from scratch. So she went and bought a Betty Crocker cake mix. And my wife says, that's not from scratch. <laughs> from scratch is from flour. Well, actually from us. Making it from scratch is a bag of grain. <laughs> and then you grind it and you sift it. And you make your cake with the other ingredients. You go out to the chicken coop and you get some eggs and you <laughs> and you make a cake from scratch. You could actually make a cake from chicken scratch. But unfortunately most chicken scratch today is full of GMO corn. <laughs> and uh what are you gonna do about it? Well the fact is is your life's uh, style is changing right now and you don't even have any control over it. You should be gathering together in congregations, gathering together with farmers, helping those farmers uh, produce crops without GMO grains. That's right. Uh, CSA, community, church-supported uh, agriculture. That's what you... CSA shouldn't stand for just community-supported agriculture. It should be church-supported agriculture. And you should be drinking whole milk if you drink any milk at all. And not soy milk made from GMO soybeans. You need to be drinking the cow's milk with real fat in it. If you're going to drink milk. You don't have to drink milk. But milk is a good source for some of you. Some of you who need to eat meat because of your ancestry and blood type. You probably need to eat a little bit of dairy too. Dairy is a great way to store protein. And you need protein in your diet. Some of you can get by with a lot less and you might be able to be a healthy vegetarian, but I don't see a lot of healthy vegetarians. But your life style is going to change. Your life expectancy is going to change. Because your diet is changing. And you, you're not even seeing it happen. But if you start coming together and loving one another, your eyes will start being opened and you'll start seeing these things and you can prepare for them. But are you going to do it to save yourself? Or are you going to do it to save your neighbor? Ah. I mean, did Christ come to die to save himself? Or did he come to die that ye might be saved? You see... That's loving one another as he has loved us. Are you ready to do that? That means you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to start sacrificing something. So if you're living on a budget and you're barely making ends meet, you got to change your budget. And there are ways to change your budget. And the minister should be learning how to do this. I always forget his name. There's a guy on uh, the the radio all the time. You know, where he he talks about getting out of debt. I, I think it's like the second or third most popular radio program on uh, on the radio. And I have a son who's downloaded a few of the podcasts, and he'll play them while we're working on a roof or something. And so I hear him. But you know, he talks about cash is king, and and uh, so I'm not plugging him. But uh, he he talks about getting out of debt. A lot about getting out of debt. About you know, don't get into student loans and don't get into credit cards and don't get into all these other things that bring us into debt. Get away from that. And start having common sense economy, even with Federal Reserve notes. If you can't handle the Federal Reserve notes that are losing value as we speak, you know, 
and you're and you can't be righteous within this unrighteous system then why would you expect to be able to be righteous with the righteous mammon you see that's what he's talking about be friends do righteous with the unrighteous and that then your eyes will be opened and you will begin to go back and, and creating that alternative system will have a real value if we were to go back to gold and silver right now or gold, silver, copper and other, you know, base metals as a commodity money, not as a stamp coin, but as a commodity money, which would be substance for substance and it would bring you back to the common law. If you could actually do that right now and just all that debt that you've created just go away. And, of course, you can't just UCC that out of existence. And, you know, I we have a... UCC Redemption versus Jesus Christ Redemption. You can go read that. We've updated that a little bit. It's complete deception. Don't don't go that route. Uh, I, I shouldn't say complete deception because they always use an element of truth. But there's enough deception there to get you in a whole lot of trouble. But if you were to start being righteous with wherever you're at and what you do and how you deal with one another and start coming together in congregations, what we call congregations of record, core groups, congregations of record of elders, core, and start doing what the early church was doing. Your eyes would be opened up to all the other toxins and poisons that are coming into your system, into your bodies, into your families. Because whole nations are being poisoned now. Whole biospheres are being poisoned and devastated. It's almost like some sort of alien force has come here and convinced us that we should poison ourselves and our children. And we're doing it. And you can't stop it. But if you repent and turn around, the miracles of God can come about and save you and your children's children because you came together to save one another like Christ came together. Beloved, follow not that which is evil, but that which is good. And that's what he's telling us. In Titus 2.14, Who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us, might redeem us, might redeem us from all iniquity. But if you're still doing iniquity, you ain't redeemed. Because you're still not doing righteousness. So therefore you are not righteous. You have not repented. You have not turned away from unrighteousness. You are dwelling in unrighteousness, wallowing in unrighteousness, and therefore you cannot be saved. But all you have to do is turn around and start headed back. Now I would head back in earnest, but you gotta do it. You gotta just say it. You gotta do it. You gotta actually come together. That's why we have the livingnetwork.org. TheLivingNetwork.org. Go there. And that, that, what you'll see, it'll probably redirect you to another page right now, but it might not. Maybe we'll have that all straightened out. And you'll open up a page and it'll show you how to find people in your local area that are supposedly listening to me. They may not be. They may be, you know, spying out our liberty. <laughs> they may be trying to use other people, but we have a network and a network can police itself because we will start to see. Who's doing it and who's not. And by their fruits you will know them. 
and we will expose those that bear bad fruit. And those that bear good fruit, we will expose them too. But you have to take back your responsibilities. He gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Zealous of good works. And when you mention works, they're not going to say, oh, we're not saved by works. They're going to be zealous of good works. You mention good works, they're going to say, yeah, yeah, let's do good works. Yeah, they'll be zealous. They're not going to be saying, oh, no, no, don't say the works word, the W word. Oh, my gosh. Don't say works. (laughs) No, be zealous of good works. Because you're a peculiar people. And there's the peculiar people verse shows up a couple times. It's not always translated from the same word. So we could do a study on that. But we're going to go to Revelations 20, 12 through 13. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Eternal life, remember? What must I do to attain eternal life? Thou knowest the commandments, keep them. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to their works. But that's okay, because they're zealous of good works, right? They know it's not just saying, but doing. And they know they'll be saved by grace, because they can't do enough. But they are zealous to do what they can do. They are like Christ, who come to sacrifice one another. They don't come to church to feel good. They're just to fellowship. They come to church to do righteousness and to seek out others who are seeking to do righteousness, to forgive those who are not doing righteousness so that they may be forgiven, to give so that they may be given unto and so that they will learn to keep the commandments and not covet their neighbor's goods but to live by faith, hope, and charity in the perfect law of liberty. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it. The sea. Seas are people. We need those first people to come together. Those saints who come together to sacrifice themselves one for another. So that the seas will give up their dead, which are dead in their minds and their delusions. They cannot see the truth. They are drowned in iniquity. They are immersed in cognitive dissonance. So they cannot cannot even see, cannot even hear. Which were in it, the dead that which were in that sea. The death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works. And of course, nobody has enough works, so they will be saved by grace. But when you mention works, they will be zealous for them. Yeah, what is it we need to do? What, what could we do? What would we, they, they would want to hear about works. But you hear whole sections of Christianity. Oh, no, we don't want to be, Talking about works. Oh, we might actually have to be righteous. 
We don't have to be righteous. We just have to say we believe. That's a damnable heresy. It's devoid of the Logos, the Word of God. It's not what Christ said. It's not what He said. Over and over again, He's talking. So when you find those few little verses that you may think mean that, that's your private interpretation. It's very clear He has said directly, time and time again, that you need to be doers. If you're not doers, you're not believers. Because believing is not just thinking. Believing is being convicted to the point where you can't do anything but righteousness. And if you are doing unrighteousness, you need more convicting. You need more belief. As you do not, you need help with your unbelief. For if the word, now we'll go over to Hebrews again. We're on verse 2. It's only taken us two hours to get here. <laughs> but, you know, we did verse 1. Now we're doing verse 2 in the last half of the second hour. Which we're really in hour seven or something now. For if the word logos spoken, the word, and, and I say logos here because that's the Greek word, because there are more than one word translated into word. So he says, if the word spoken by angels, messengers, remember the earlier shows, was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receiveth a just recompense of reward, How shall we escape? Recompense of reward. You see, what we often call punishment, that's the reward that we have earned. That is the works that we have been doing because we've been doing bad things. We get punished. But that punishment is reward. And it's it's meant to bless us. To say, yeah, smack you. The dope slap. God smacks you. Wake you up. You look around, oh, we're all saved Christians, but the world is going to hell and the tyrants are rising up and wars are being created and people are losing their rights and people are being abused in the courts. But we're all going to heaven because we believe, because we say we believe in Jesus. Are you crazy? Yeah, yeah, you're crazy. (laughs) And you need the dope slap. And you're getting it. Because you're going to find out You're on the wrong side of the equation because you're not a doer of the word. You're a sayer only. And you should be having tyrants raised up over you. And you should be oppressed. And you should be under tribute. Because you've been a dope. You've been stupid in the ways of Christ. In the ways of God. You haven't been loving one another. You've been loving yourself. You've been going to church to feel good. You you deserve the dope slap. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation that requires that you be a doer of the word in righteous and seeking righteousness in all that you do? That's salvation. That's eternal life. To be a doer of the word, a keeper of the commandments. And be striving, zealous to keep the commandments. Humble, servant to one another. In your congregations, everybody's fighting to, I want to help you. No, I want to help you. No, I want to help you more than you want to help me. That's the only argument we're allowed to have. I want to help you more. (laughs) Fighting to help each other out. 
lowering our personal standard of living so that everybody will be, you know, you wouldn't have the rich taking over if that's the way we are. You wouldn't have, you know, it's not the corporations that are a problem. Certainly not the capitalism that's the problem. It's all you selfish pigs out there trying to practice capitalism. <laughs> Capitalism's not for pigs. Pigs going around rutting and there's everybody's stealing from each other. I'm going to get that grain. I'm going to get that root. I'm going to, and they just, they're just stealing from each other. So if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Have you heard him in the last couple hours of these shows? He says you got to be a doer. Heareth that. Seek that. Be zealous for that. Till then, may peace be upon your house and may the Lord be with you. So we'll start off here again at verse 3 next time on Keys of the Kingdom. Till then, may peace be upon your house and God be with you. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.